Oh gosh, she's a queen, she's a tantalizing teen, and Karen is her name. They call her Karen. At a party, she's a snobber, and a rock and roll snobber. Everybody's glad she came. Hey, that's Karen. Alarming but disarming and a really very charming modern girl. Well, 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 my, 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 amigos y familia, I just want to welcome you to Another episode of The Family Cast. Food and music is life. Yes, yes, indeed. What was that song at the beginning? Take a guess. No? Nope. Okay, you're getting closer. It was the Beach Boys singing Karen in 1965 for a TV theme song. Lesser known TV show, maybe perhaps to some of us these days. Because today's guest is Karen Barnett. Karen Barnett, if you don't know her, of San Diego fame at least. Small Bar, Hamilton's, South Park Brewing Co., Monkey Paw, uh, the venue called Eleven, which I found out about in our conversation. I learned a lot from Karen about um, San Diego stuff that I didn't know about. You know, like, hey, she owned a venue in town. I've been to that venue. I didn't even know it was hers. Um, also, I, uh, I do want to say there might be a couple trigger warnings in this episode because Karen and I talk about trauma and abuse and stuff like that and I just wanted everyone to know that it's not 100% a jovial awesome uh, I mean it is awesome but it's not a uh, it's not a happy per se conversation um, because we're talking about some serious topics but those topics need to be talked about because I don't want to I don't want to pussyfoot around subjects that people need to hear about you know because Karen and I got got pretty deep on some things and um yeah, it was a great conversation. We just sat in her backyard and listening to the fountains and watching birds and stuff. But we talked about some serious stuff. So in this episode, you'll hear us talk about everything from, you know, owning owning venues, owning bars, being in uh, relationships that have trauma and how to overcome those things and leaning on people that you may or may not know that you need to lean on. And also, you know, um, teaming up with people and to get through things together. So. I'm not going to talk a whole bunch in the front of this because I want to. I want you to hear uh, myself talking with Miss Karen Barnett here on the Family Cast. But uh, I will. I will catch you afterwards, and maybe we'll do some more music. All right. Here's my conversation with Karen Barnett. Let's dig in. This is nice. Thanks. Hi, everybody. I'm out. Another on location episode with the in famous. Yeah? I don't know. We're going Does for that it. that mean bad? I don't know. Would you say I have a plethora of sweaters? <laughs> uh, Karen Barnett, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. And everything in between. We've got Karen Barnett. I'm in her backyard, and it's a pleasant, pleasant day. I see fruits of various yeah. natures. Yeah, vegetables, flowers. Citrus. There'll so much be citrus. Some lizards running out and doing push ups to intimidate us. Soon. I saw that. You got a little fat belly lizard somewhere around here? Yeah, there's a couple of them. 
and I'm, uh, I'm actually talking about a lizard, not a. It's not a euphemism for a, a bad dude. Yeah, there's a dude that's gonna yeah. run out of the bedroom right Fat now. Fat belly lizard. <laughs> um, <laughs> great. Are these grapevines right here? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I know my fruit. <laughs> <laughs> little doggy bowls. Need some. Need a little bit. Yeah, that's for visitors. Oh, visiting doggies. Okay. Yes. No cool. doggies here. No doggos yet. Yeah. Here. But welcome on. Welcome all Thank to you. the family cast. Food and music is life. Yes. Karen. Uh, you may or may not know is from many things around town. Did you know that one time I had applied for a chef position at one of the places? No. She, yeah. So small bar most recently. She has a bunch of other side hustles, you know, side chick stuff. Yep. And, but what else? There was three, you had three businesses, correct? Um, it, it, four. In the past, four. Yeah. Um, Hamilton's Tavern. Hamilton's. Mon- Monkey Paw. Monkey Paw. Um, Eleven was a music venue. Oh. And that's one I didn't know about. Yep. And then I helped plan and design South Park Brewing. South Park Brewing. Before okay. I dipped and just so, stayed at Small Bar. So Small Bar, most recently, what eleven years on that? Yeah, just over eleven. Just over eleven years. Congrats. Thank you. Um, we're gonna get into that, but I didn't know about the music venue. I have to know about that first. Go ahead. And then um, we'll... <laughs> so that was Zombie Lounge. If oh, you remember, yeah, totally. On I've been there. I've been there. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what it's called right now. Is that is that now Hideout? Soda Bar or Space? No, th- Soda Bar is something else. That's down okay. the street. Okay. Maybe it's called Rabbit. No. Hi- the hideout? Hideout is a place, yes. yes. Okay. It's the hideout. Now. Okay, got it. So I have been to your venue. <laughs> yeah. So we had 11 for three years. Got it. Why is, why is it called 11? Um, because of the music venue. Because how loud it was. It goes to 11. It goes to 11. <laughs> I get it. Spinal Tap reference. Already so early in the episode. We're Nerd alert. Tap. Wow. <laughs> We're going to go there. Um, okay. Well, let's, let's take it back. Let's take it back. You are from Escondido. I am. Correct. Were you born there? Yes. Born and raised, Palomar, Palomar Hospital. Hospital. <laughs> okay. Good. So I've had many talks about Escondido on the show. For those of you that don't know, Escondido is in North San Diego County, where the band started and where Karen started yep. her life. And um, did you, and you have big family? Huge family. Huge yeah. family. Youngest of ten. Oh, youngest of ten. Yep. That's uh, your parents must have been Catholic. Correct. Okay. <laughs> very <laughs> um, Catholic. I don't know. It was, I was. I had a couple guesses, but oh, very Catholic. So did well, you go to that big church behind Conway School? Yes. Okay. And um, I went to Conway. Right? Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So her, I went to school with some her and her, not. With I went one to of my with some of the family members. Yeah, some of my sisters. At right? least one. At least yeah. one. Um, Probably two. I saw her at Eskimo Brewing, and she's like, "Do I know you?" I'm like, well, blah, 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 because her husband is friends with my, my wife, and blah, blah, blah. Yep. Long story, but anyways. Yep. Small world, Escondido. Yep, small, Many, big world. Small, big world. Big little city. Um, anyways, how, how, what was growing up life like being the youngest? Was, was there any restaurant and music scenes in your family no. already happening? No, I'm are the you the, weirdo. Are you the outlier? I'm the total weirdo. Okay. Yeah, I do what I want. Good. <laughs> For sure. Good. Um, and did, were they like, yeah, do it? Or were they like, um, Karen? They were like, what's she doing now? I've just always done whatever I wanted, um, which is a problem sometimes. Um, <laughs> I threw a lot of parties in high school, so I would joke owning the bars, like, see, that was like practice. Look what I do now. Like, look how good I am at um, Yeah, it was getting you ready. <laughs> yeah, totally. Your path. Yeah. Um, no, I was, I would say I was very different than my siblings. Um, they were, um, they either got pregnant early and started families or they mm. were college bound and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I moved to Honolulu when I was 19 and, um, with the intention of going to school there at some point, but, um, I ended up waitressing and then working for an animal hospital for years that I loved. Um, but the island just got a little too small for me. 
Mm. You know, road trip totally. takes three hours. You're home. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. kind of felt like, eh. Hawaiian life there. was not. Uh, I liked it, but for, it was expensive. Not fast enough mm-hmm. for you, right? Maybe. Yeah. I, yeah. Maybe someday you'll go back, right? <laughs> Retire. I don't, I don't think I'd ever move there again. Your backyard kind of no. reminds me of like being Kauai or something. Like, it's yeah, it's pretty tropical. There's a lot of sheds back here. It's nice. I, now that I look, there's a lot of sheds. Don't ask. I don't know. They're locked. I mean, <laughs> what are we doing here? It's the last podcast. <laughs> Am I going to make it out of here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, right this way. Yeah. So, and and technically, we're in a midtown normalish area. I mean, you're kind of always around this area now. Like, yeah. This small is bars in this area. Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't want to say exactly in case there's oh. any, like, you know, weirdos. But, yeah. They're not going to find me. <laughs> they'll never find they'll me. Never. Well, they'll never find me with all these, <laughs> when I'm locked in all these sheds. But um, No, so, like, you're, how did you end up going from Escondido to Hawaii to now this whole area, um, South Park, Normal Heights, like, all that jazz? Um, You know, I moved down here in, well, I moved back from Hawaii in 2001, the end of 2001. Mm-hmm. And, um... I worked in North County a lot. I didn't really know what I wanted. I was I was in a six-year relationship with a guy, and when we broke up in 2008, um, we had been coming down to the bars down here, so mm. I just felt like this is where I wanted to be. Yeah. Um, I was looking to buy a house. Um, I was doing really well. I worked in construction management, okay. and um, I loved what I did, um, and then I met my first ex-husband. <laughs> first um, ex-husband. I don't have any other ones, but it's just fine oh. to say that. Um, my first, yeah, first ex-husband. Um, at his bar and then I just kind of fell into that whole thing and I was that in Escondido or down here no that's down down here okay yeah and then I helped grow our businesses totally you know we went from one to four and then back down to three right I think when I met you it was at least two two, actually probably three with a venue so did we meet at at Lars and Susie's wedding or before that I mean I think it was a little bit before that but yeah uh, we have some mutual friends Lars and Susie Karen, shout out! Um, shout Happy out to Lars. Happy it's anniversary. anniversary today. Happy anniversary today. This this is actually kind of like Lars's old backyard, actually, with the, all this stuff. But mm-hmm. Karen uh, slash through small bar and um, bar catered their wedding, and we were we were raging. I lost my Ray Bans there. I still remember <laughs> it was a low low light of the wedding day. You were a party animal. But <laughs> you were like a, you were dancing all over the place. It, yeah, because I have to dance at least once a week because um, a lot of a lot of pent up you know emotions that don't always come out through music or podcast or poetry so sometimes dance i express myself through the i art of am dance. with you um yeah so i don't know when the next dance party is but you know covid kind of put a damper on some of that but right I mean, you can still dance whatever whenever dance. whenever you want i turn the music when up. i got here she was dancing i'm not gonna lie just kidding <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so that was hamilton's yeah yeah and of course she said 11 and then small bar was did, was that I had to ask about small beer? Is that any kind of relation to Anchor Brewing, small beer? No. Okay. No, but we did carry a lot of Anchor products. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Fritz Maytag actually came to the bar one time. Because when I cool. when I moved down from San Francisco, we were I did a lot of stuff with them up there. But then I I heard about Small Bar because I was looking where they sold small beer. Okay. I think Hamilton's and Small Bar were the only places that carried it. Maybe, maybe. when I came down. Maybe. Um, that that I could find in San Diego. Small Bar was definitely a, an Anchor Bar. We That's had awesome. we had all their Christmas almost stuff. all their beers, yeah. Um, and then we had um, they had started distillery, and we carried Potrero and um, I can't remember the other one's called. They had Junipero. the gin and the yeah Junipero yeah gin yeah. is it Junipero? Junipero Did they call it that? I mean, we know what it's called, but <laughs> it's a play on you know it's a play on Junipero, Father Junipero Sarah right. and 
juniper um, berries. Yeah, so I carried but, all that stuff. Right. Um, and then Fritz came for an event one time, which was super cool. He's a trip. Obviously, before he sold it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we used to make tag blue cheese and our totally everything, you know. So, um, yeah, we went all in on that. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's cool. And then, um, did you? Was that like a? Was that a? Um, obviously, a sister business to to the original, like you know, businesses that you guys had together. But or is that your idea the whole time? Like, I want this music fronted, like food forward you know um, when we had all the businesses it always felt like every time we opened one it almost represented like a different city you know like like hamilton's always kind of felt like portland and small bar always kind of felt like san francisco mm -hmm. and um i don't know like they always just felt like different locations so what did monkey paw represent it's just downtown san diego or i don't know i don't remember (laughs) i mean i feel super removed from like those you know trauma ptsd um i'm a little bit removed from like remembering certain things but um no, I think we were just going for a brew pub. Just okay. approachable. Good. Well, there, it was good, yeah. Um, I was going to say, like, I was, I mean, I think I mentioned, I applied for the, there was, like, a chef position. I don't remember which location. Maybe it was, I don't even remember, but I was like, I've had the food at Monkey Pot. I, I, I like it. I want to cook there. I want to, you know, be close to the stadium and such. Um, and then I said, you know what I could do? I could I could chef all three for you and, get, you know, you did I interview you? We never got to interview. I think oh. we just emailed a couple of times back and forth. Um, but I ended up taking the job at Carl Strauss and um, never got to move forward with uh, you, I guess. I think it was I think it was, it I was, was talking to you. It was probably me, yeah. yeah. Um, I, was H- I was everything. <laughs> I bet, yeah, totally. You seemed like you could run the whole system. Yeah, I But then you started getting more heavily involved in the kitchen work and stuff like that, too. Like, no, I was no? always over the kitchens. Um, I just, with Small Bar, I fell more into that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean... It's it's probably what I would prefer to do out of all all the hats that an owner wears. But, Doing yeah. what? Kitchen stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cooking and creating okay. menus. and. So are you chef, Karen Barnett? I don't really like to use that term. <laughs> um, I don't tell people not to if they have respect for me in that area. But, I, I mean, I'm not classically trained. I'm totally self-taught. Um, I have a lot of admiration for people who go through the whole, like, training. Mm-hmm. I'm not that. I won't pretend to be that. I, if you watched me cut something, you would probably cringe <laughs> and wear the knife, you know? And at the end of the day, you know, I think it, it's just how your food tastes, you know? At the end of the day, for me, chef, the term is just, are you, can you do it or not? Right. You know? I asked you... someone one time because I wanted to know, like, could I use this term? And oh. the answer was basically, like, if you're doing all the food costing, if you're running the, all the yeah. staff, if you're planning the menu, you are the executive chef. If and you're so the chief. I started to get more comfortable with, with being called that, but um, I definitely don't consider myself like a... I just don't. I'm me. Sure, that's I'm fine. And I don't sometimes, too. It's just the, the role that's given, the title that's given to me. But I didn't go to school. and I mean, I didn't finish culinary school. or I, I mean, I didn't even go to culinary school, technically, but crashed the classes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but, um, but doing it, you get the... The experience but now now here we are just a couple of i know non-chefs doing chef work right well and also i feel like and i don't know if this is the same for you but i feel like i've worked with a lot of really amazing you chefs have. and you i've totally learned have. yeah i've learned from them like you know i've worked with davin Waite and wrench and rodent or yeah. um or anthony at psycho sushi and it's like i learned how i watched them cut sushi and yeah. i i learned they did it in my kitchen one time for an event exactly. so like i learned really cool things from people um that is just a little thing in my pocket you're you know, a chef that no, i feel more comfortable chef. don't worry don't worry about what the, what the haters say. I'm not say. worried. I'm not worried about. It. I'm not worried about it either. But and I don't even have to tell you. Don't worry because you're. You don't need me to give you that. <laughs> you don't need me to give you that energy. Um, but yeah, Chef Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Chef Karen's venue. Um, how long did you run the venue? The 11 venue. 
That was only three years. Three years. Yeah, and I wasn't as like hands on there as much as I was like probably the HR person there. Oh, we HR. Had, yeah, we had managers, or we, you know, because it was so band heavy. You know, mm-hmm. we had booking people, and that's that, cool. that business kind of ran itself, but it was hard. That was a really tough. It is because right? it's it's a small it's a venue, beast. and so you like can only fit so many people in there, mm-hmm. and so you can't get too big of a band because they won't hold the draw that they need to get paid. Yeah. kind of deal then so then you need much. a smaller band but the smaller band <laughs> yeah. doesn't always bring some enough people in yep. so it was it was tricky but you know we'd never done that before so yeah. it, you know we I, I know we made a lot of mistakes you know I mean we made a lot of mistakes at all the places but it's because you know we didn't have a background in running bars and restaurants we just learned as we went yeah so and you did that after you already had two restaurants going yeah we had yeah 11 was our third okay yeah, Monkey Paw was our fourth. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Monkey Paw. And we had them all running at the same time, which was That's even bananas. crazy, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. just, and that was just, like, it wasn't like a huge partnership of owners. No. It was, it was not. Just the two of us? Uh, the we two had, of you? Sorry. We had one <laughs> silent partner at Monkey Paw, okay. but otherwise it was just us. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. And then one day bananas. you're like, I'm just going to break off and do small bar. Or was that due to more relational... Stuff. Yeah, my ex-husband was super abusive, mm-hmm. um, and I just had to make a decision that I couldn't I couldn't do it anymore. You know, I, I did my best. Um, I feel like I helped him as far as I could, and you can't help people that don't want to get help. So, totally. Um, and That's... because we were running so many places, I mean, by that time, we had cut 11 off because it just wasn't working. We didn't know what we were doing. Um, we, I had spoken to previous owner, my friend Joe, who'd ran one version of the Zombie Lounge, and... He was like, it's the kind of place you have to own and operate. You have to be in there bartending. And that's not what we did. And you have to be in there all the time, like, yeah, running Yeah, and we, we weren't bartenders, you know? So, um, yeah, so we decided to cut that because then we went back down to three, which is still a lot, um, especially when there's a brewery attached and Small Bar was more of a restaurant and, you know, it was, it was a lot. Yeah, totally. What to do. So, yeah, Small Bar was my first bar. Um, he had already had Hamilton's for two years when we started dating. Oh. And so Small Bar was my first. And so it just made more sense. There were no partners there. It was a clean break. It yeah. was across town, <laughs> you know, yeah. and and it was you know more restaurant forward, and that's what I did. And he didn't, and he didn't want small bar. Um, he had already he'd actually been thinking about selling it. Okay. Um, I think because of our workload, um, and so it just it just made sense. Yeah. You know, I don't want alimony. I don't want anything right. from you. I just you stay in your side of town, and I'll stay on mine, and yeah. and I'll I'll see if I can do this by myself. And I did it for another six years. Of running small bar, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Solo. Small bar is awesome. Um, it was yeah. rest in peace. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, it, I think it'll always. I think it'll always be talked about in San Diego lore. You know, like because I don't know what's gonna be there. For those of you that don't know, you know, small bar. She just recently closed. I fell in the COVID sword. Fell into the COVID pit. Yep. Tried so hard during that time too. I remember. Yeah, you know, it was gonna be a make it or break it year anyway. Um, I had gone through a remodel with a restaurant group oh, the yeah. year before, yeah. and it failed. It totally failed. They Was they, that a partnership with them? No, or? it was a consulting thing. Okay. And they um, they just wiped out every bit of small punk, bar that punk was rockness. in there. Punk yeah. Yeah, it was just aesthetic. Like, it just was a bummer. My, yeah. It, it, the remodel coincided with my dad passing away. Oh, shoot. And so... I wanted to be up at Escondido to be a family. Right. And they basically were like, yeah, go, we got this. And when I walked back in, what they had done wasn't really what we talked about. They had blown all the money. They were out of money. So it was just, it was just a mess. And then um, they changed the menu pretty drastically without yeah. even consulting me. 
Um, so it was it was very frustrating, and um, yeah, it it made a lot of customers turn their back on everything. Um, they yeah. fired staff um, that had been there like nine, ten years. Right. They fired staff, so that was really hard, you know, um, because a lot of those people were like family and it wasn't yeah. what we talked about. We talked about, you know, if they couldn't do the bartending program, you know, they'd get training or something. And there were a couple of people that, you know, to be quite honest, I didn't want to return. I was having staffing issues with, yeah. um, and, or personnel issues, whatever. So there were a couple of people that I had kind of flagged, like, I'm cool. If, if they can't do the job, I'm cool with these people going, you know, but They're not when, everybody, but when they pretty much let go of 85% of my staff, like that was and they told me the night before my my the funeral of my dad. Like it was just my head wasn't in it, and right. it was just a very it was a bummer, you yeah. know. So the community was pissed. You know, you I just bet. fired everybody. You you changed this bar. I'm a sellout, and I'm like, I didn't get any money. <laughs> you know, it like all, I got nothing it all gets out of this. Directed at you as yeah. So that was really hard. I left social media for a few months. Yeah, and because um, I couldn't take it. I'm, I take things way too personally. That was my baby. Sure. And um, and that relationship just totally like fizzled I ended up having to ask them to leave because I thought they were running into the ground the consulting group mm -hmm. so then the next year 2020 hits right yeah and the very first month of 2020 one of my cooks who is actually um a really good friend of mine for many years had a heart attack in my kitchen oh shoot and um ends up passing away that day and oh so that's January 2020 oh my god and so it was already you know I already knew that 2020 was going to be hard I already knew like that I had to recover from this shitty remodel. I had to try to bring the soul back into the place. I needed to change the menu again. I needed to bring bartenders back that people actually liked. Um, it was really hard. And then that happened, and, like, that was depressing, you know? Like, he was 43, and um, that, you know, I was turning 40 last year, and I was like, fuck, you know? It was just really hard. And, mm. then, um, and then COVID hit. And it was like, I just remember thinking like, okay, like I'm going to take care of my community. That's all I care about right now. Like I'll probably lose the bar, but I'm going to do everything I can yeah. to just make sure people are taken care of in this like totally uncertain time. You know, that sounds so cliche to say now in these uncertain times, but like, but truly in, world. in the beginning it was yeah. uncertain. They, they weren't totally. getting the unemployment hadn't kicked in. They weren't um, getting the $600 a week extra. Um, a lot of people were scared, you know, and, and you um, had to do all to go and. Yeah. Be on top of and all it, the Yeah, promotion. we didn't know what was going to happen. Dude, and I, I actually that. went right into gear. Like, when I knew what was going to happen, I remember calling my food rep, and I was like, okay, I need supplies to make soups. I need things that I can package easily. And I just ran. And did, I yeah. worked my ass off March through June. And then when things last year, you know, were opening back up, I in my head I was like, why are we opening? We're not ready for this. There's no, you know, there's no vaccine. There's no... What are we doing? We can't be out. And mm -hmm. so I actually closed the bar in July um, to take a break because I was so tired because I was working it all by myself. It would be me and, like, maybe two cooks for the day. Okay. And and, it, and I had one bartender who would come in and help, and, and I had another bar manager who would mix cocktails. But as far as, like, dealing with customers, it was always me. I was right. at the counter um, just running back and forth. I mean, I think I lost... 10, 15 pounds last year, just running mm -hmm. back and forth, which yeah. was awesome. <laughs> um, while everybody else was gaining weight, weight, I was yeah. losing. I'm like, yeah. I needed this. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty gnarly. Um, yeah, I took a break in July and just said, you know, I want to see what's going to happen. And um, I didn't reopen until the end of August. Mm -hmm. 
and it just we couldn't get it back yeah we just yeah i was looking at the numbers and then september october's hitting and be it was really tricky because you're in a situation where there's still a huge majority of people who don't want to go out they don't want to go anywhere right right right. they're cooking at home Mm -hmm. they're making all their fucking sourdough you know they're not going anywhere and then there's the people that want to party and go out and um then you have all these restaurants that are trying to stay open there's not enough people to for us all to be successful so customers yeah yeah i mean there just isn't enough Mm -hmm. so everybody who's open is struggling for the most part unless you're like a pizza place probably but Mm -hmm. um for the most part places like mine were struggling and i just kept looking at this and i'm like i don't know how i'm gonna recover you know yeah and because things had been so hard anyway um like in the remodel um one of my you know something that was contingent upon that that consulting agreement was to get a new floor and the floor started failing within three months of of them taking over so by 2020 Uh. there were holes in the floor like i couldn't even have customers in there if i wanted to so it was just like the perfect storm of Everything. this is this yeah. I just got to figure out when the end is you know and I ended on Thanksgiving and that it, it just felt fitting to be you know thinking of things you're thankful for and I'm thankful for the last 11 years you yeah. know truly is it a relief to and, and, it is such a relief no but seriously like, yeah no it's it was insane how much relief making it the was. decision and yeah you know, I closing a chapter of you know it, it took me a few months to get out of there. Sure. Um, because, I mean, 11 years of just yeah things stuffed in closets and storage and whatever. But um, it was a Literally huge and relief. figuratively. Yes. But it was a huge relief to not worry about staff, not, you know, just take care of myself. Um, that was huge. Be on unemployment for the first time. and You, you got some unemployment? Yeah, ever. I, I yeah. mean, maybe I got unemployment once, like in my early 20s, but otherwise, like... No, I've always been, I've always worked, I've worked my ass off. So to be able to just take a breather and just, okay, now what was so needed? Yeah, it sucked. I couldn't travel, but whatever. I don't need money anyway. It's part of your, it's part of your, maybe it's part of your healing process from, you know, mentioning trauma earlier and that part of that trauma being in your relationship with the, in the business partnership. You're exactly right. Not, not just the recent one, but like all the way back to the beginning. Yeah, you're right. Have you been able to talk about that more now that you're kind of not only di- divorced from that partner, but like free from the business side, like all this stuff? Is, you know, it like, is it like coming up more now that you're... It's coming up more now because there's this reckoning in the beer industry right now, mm-hmm. for sure. And um, and my ex-husband was called out multiple times for many things. Before all of this? Before all of the new recent upbringings of no, the beer industry? No, during this. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've always been pretty vocal about the abuse and about my own trauma, but... But mostly about my own trauma, and and to be more of a advocate for check on people. Um, you never know what someone's. You never know what somebody's going through. Um, this is what trauma looks like. You know, it's a smiling face, making jokes, and it's feeling like shit inside. You know, or being triggered by certain things. Yeah. So I've always kind of talked about my journey, um, not really about him because. In the industry, people really didn't want to believe it. They, um, you're talking about the San Diego beer industry mm-hmm. or 100%. national? Well, and national. There were some people that I would tell that, you know, like I have a friend who owns a brewery up in Berkeley, and I told him, and he was just like, well, you just kind of got to move on with your life. And I was like, well, you don't really understand how trauma works. Mm, so yeah. I have, you know. No, people don't. I didn't, people don't understand that. They, they really don't. And it's, it's very hard. You know, it's very hard to, to know that there's, people in town that are going to look in your face and 
and say, I'm so sorry you went through that. But then selling kegs to someone across town who beats up women is more important. You know, that, that was hard for me to deal with. So yeah. with this whole like beer industry reckoning coming out, um, I've had a lot of phone calls and a lot of people apologizing. And I think it really does take, um, to you apologizing to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it really does take, um, you know, strength in numbers to be talking about a situation to get actual traction behind it, mm-hmm. you know, to realize what a problem it is and how, you know, some of these people have made us all feel, you know, totally. it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And it's, and it's, um, I mean, I would say majority, almost a hundred percent of the time women are the victim and also to blame for this, like this problem. Like, yeah, there's a lot of victim weird. blaming like, I mean, around abuse and yeah. sexual, whatever with women, no matter what level of abuse. Right. Is. Not even um, in the beer industry only, but yeah, uh, that they need to be stronger specifically right now. Or they need to take it or they need to not dress a certain way. Not, not yeah. You know, speak up more, but then what when did you speak you do? up, you're what did problem. you do that made him act like when that? When you speak up, you're the problem. And yeah, it's, and that's a problem. You know, it, it should be, it should be, you know, telling, teaching men how to behave, right? Not teaching totally. women how to deal with men who can't. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, it should be, a, a, I mean, I was talking about this with my own kids. I have one girl, two boys, and there is a balance. And you, you know, you think your whole life, like, if I have a daughter, I'll, I don't want her to get pregnant or whatever. But then it's like, wait a minute. I also don't want the boys to get anyone pregnant. Right. And it's not just about pregnancy, but like, here's how you treat it. You know, here's how you treat other people. Yep. Um, yep. Women are, you know what? Women are humans. <laughs> women are people. Yeah. Like, it's not just men and women. It's people and people. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, um, I keep bringing parallels to like racism yeah. as far as like, you know, there should be a standard in just how you treat someone as a human being Sure. and not because, you know, the color of their skin or their gender, you know, whatever that is or how however they asked. claim, yeah. whatever gender they identify with, sure. you know, it, it's, it's a really we're in a we're in a really interesting place because it's All it's it, obviously yeah. being you know spoken about you have um we actually have a president who's acknowledging you know um trans right now you know mm-hmm. that's that's amazing to me that like um we are making progress we're not there yet but we're we're definitely getting there when those conversations are happening at that level yeah how do you how do you karen speak uh, speak about trauma uh in a way that's not going to you know, call out, you know, well, I mean, it's okay to, to call out the abuser, but how do you do it in a way that's like people, so people aren't going to be like, oh, you're just shit talking, you know, like, what because is it? it truly is. How do you like, because after you've left that trauma, the work is up to you to do. Uh-huh. It's if like, let's say like you can't change the abuser necessarily. Right? No, but like, let, okay. Let's say it's like a rape scenario or something. And, um, okay. The dude goes to jail. That woman or man, whoever got raped, still has work to do. Yeah. And, and just because that person is getting a punishment, that doesn't mean it's going to undo any of the damage that's inside you. Right. And um, it really is about your path. And um, I, I don't like to tell people. I get, I get reached out to a lot because of how much I speak out about it. But I don't like to tell people that they have to forgive anybody because that comes in time and it may not come at all, you know, and that's a tricky one. Um, but you do have to forgive yourself for, Mm -hmm. um, being in that situation because it's tricky, especially if it's a narcissist or someone who's manipulative. Um, you didn't do anything wrong. They are the ones who did something wrong and, um, you need to learn how to, and you'll probably always be broken. You're always going to have triggers, but learning how to navigate those triggers and how to lessen their, you know, the toll that they take on you. Um, 
that's really important. Yeah. Because otherwise you can get in a pretty dark place. And I have been there many times. So um, it's really important to just take care of yourself and learn. Learn. Is is how do you forgive yourself? Like, do you say, I'm okay? Or uh, affirmations are really great. uh (laughs) But um, I, for me, it was doing research on kind of the background of my abuser and um, seeing why he would behave like that and to realize that it didn't have anything to do with me. I was just there. Kind okay. Of, you know, I mean, there could have been situations and there were situations where I would open my mouth and maybe challenge. You mean like that, the, that, like that is, is that a, you know, triggering this person's trauma? That per- the abuser's trauma to, to where they're lashing out against yeah, you. Yeah, but your triggers are your own. You no, know? totally, yeah. You, you have to learn how to navigate Not, not in a victim blame sense, but it's like, um, like they can fly off the handle at any time, yeah. no matter who the person that's, is. That's who my ex You just happen to be yeah. in their yeah. life 24-7. Yeah, that's yeah? who my ex was. No, I mean, I, can't, I grew up in an abusive home. Um, there, were, there, was, there was some bright spots, but like once, once the abuse happens, it's like you, I just, you question your own... I wasn't again the one that's always the brunt of the abuse, but you still question your life. Yep. Should I be around here? Uh, yeah. Why is why is my mom staying in this relationship? Yeah. You, that and that was victim blame from a child standpoint to a parent. Yeah. So I can't imagine being. It's the, hard the to brunt understand. Yeah. My mom doesn't really talk about it a whole bunch, you know. Um, she might, but she's not like uh, vocal about it. Yeah, but it's hard to, you know. I've had people ask like, "Why didn't you just leave?" And it's just it's just not that easy. Have As- people not believed you? Oh yeah. I mean, like, I mean, like, oh, shut up, no way, or like, there's, it's impossible. No one's ever said that to my face. Oh, like, oh, Facebook or something like online stuff. Uh, I've seen a couple comments. Um, <sighs> yeah, I've seen comments on social media, um, but it's mo- it's more, it's a friend will tell me that they overheard, or friends had a conversation with somebody that, and they don't, they just don't believe it. Has there been any like? Reconcilial conversations or anything like that? Yeah. With, I've, yeah, I've had... Um, with a guy? A, with him? Yeah. No. Anything like that, like... No. Confrontation? I don't know. No. He, um... When I was first leaving him, we were we were on okay terms because I feel like the trauma hadn't hit me yet. It, it takes a... I feel like it takes a while for that to kind of sink in. Like, it was there. Like, that wasn't your reason I didn't know I had PTSD. I had no yeah. idea. And so... I mean, he didn't know that was the reason you were leaving. It was more like business no he knew um i knew i wanted to leave and i basically took him to a marriage counselor i tricked him and told him i want to fix our marriage and then when i was alone with the marriage counselor i said this is what's happening i can't be here anymore i'm scared for my life Um, oh wow and i need you in our group conversations to kind of convince him that this isn't working so that he will allow me to walk away and it worked (laughs) and that's what we did okay so So it wasn't actually a a confrontation about the no we actually walked away from each other on like you know quote-unquote friendship terms and it was really when that ptsd hit me and i realized how just screwed up the entire situation was and how he treated me and how bad it was that was when i started to get really angry about about what he put me through so it was mental and physical oh 100 percent. yeah there was so much gaslighting and there was verbal um yeah, there was a lot. Damn. Sorry, that sucks. Yeah, it and totally that, sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, and did you realize from the start that was happening and you couldn't get out or? Um, I did see it in the beginning. There were lots of red flags and um, I think I'm very attracted to red flags <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. I felt like I could help him. Mm-hmm. And I had this, you know, bonding thing with him where I thought I could help him. That I, I'd understand him and I'd be there for him and I would help him through this. But 
it never changed and it got worse. Oh. And then, um, yeah, it just kept getting worse. And he... I bet, I bet being... I don't really want to make this about him, but it, no, no, no. You know, it was a lot of... Ref- well, no, I want to make it about you. Like, yeah, but it was a lot of refusal of therapy and stuff. And when I realized, like, this wasn't going to change, that was when I, you know, thought, I'm 34 and um, I'm still young and I yeah. have a life ahead of me and I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So now you have a, a conversational podcast with Ingrid? Is that... Yes. Is that uh, it's, it's out and about? Like, is it up? Um, we, no, we're just recording right okay. now. Um, so we'll probably be launching um, later this summer. And it's all Once about PTSD. A, it's all about trauma. Trauma. Yeah. So, and it's storytelling. So our guests will either be someone who has gone through trauma to tell us their story. Um, and, and really the focus is if, if you have trauma or you have PTSD um, or if you know someone going through something. Of any kind? Of any kind. Of any kind. Uh, yeah, we're going to try to cover every, every kind of trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that you can learn what's happening in our brains, mm-hmm. like why it happened, but then also how to be successful and how to move forward in life and not let that trauma really hold you back. Because that was something that Ingrid and I struggled with. Mm. Um, she and I met because of this. Um, she had owned a bar in town and um, she got a divorce and she got to keep the bar. Oh. And I called her for lunch and I didn't know why she was getting divorced. We weren't that good of friends. We were just acquaintances. And I called her for lunch one day out of the blue and um, and I said, basically, like, I'm, you know, I'm wanting to divorce my husband. He doesn't know yet. I want to have a lawyer. I want to know what I'm doing before, you know, I don't know how he's going to react. Um, so I kind of want to have my ducks in a row as far as, like, counsel. Can you recommend somebody? And she's like, of course. And then she said, do you mind if I ask why you're leaving him? And I basically just said it's really abusive. And, you know, 10 minutes later, we're both bawling because we were in the same, you know, situations. Oh, um, she had left her husband the same way. And, um, that was in, that was at the end of 2014. Um, so she and I for years just leaned on each other. We would call each other like, I'm freaking out right now. Like this just happened. Am I crazy? And the answer is always, no, you're not crazy. You know, this totally normal reaction. And we were doing that for so many years that, um, we just decided there has to be more people out there that are like us that are questioning their every move. And like, why are they crying right now? Like one of Ingrid's triggers is she... She, she'll cry in the grocery store. <laughs> she gets really triggered by meal planning and like, um, and cooking and like having to come up with things because oh. that was something that she would get yelled at Just or something her, for. Yeah. yeah. So, um, wow. she would call me and be like, I'm, you know, I'm in Ralph's and I'm freaking out. And I'm like, okay, first of all, it's okay. Go buy it. It was the start of your meal plan. Go get a box planning. of like yeah. dinosaur nuggets and take them home to your kids and like yeah. order a pizza. Like, there you just go. Take, meal plan. There you just go. Take a break. <laughs> yeah. So that's my new meal prep business. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dino nuggets. <laughs> Dino nuggets for life. Yes. So, I mean, we just... We There's just, a lot of self-blame, huh? For Oh, yeah. Uh, the abused. There's a lot of... Yeah. Because you think... Why, not not woe is me or why is me, but um, what am I doing this? Why or... Why am I... How am I causing this? How or, am I staying in this relationship? Or I can't get out of this relationship? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You have... You're worried about your financial uh, security. Um, a lot of times, um, the partners will have... I mean, it could be your parent. It could be a... Yeah. teacher it could be a totally. boss it could be anybody a coach um, uh, but definitely you know, a boss um, they'll slowly start to cut people out of your life and um you start to just rely on that one person for everything and that's hard that's and, and you start becomes... to question if you if you even know how to do things that you did before you know and um that that was really hard for me yeah. you know trying to run small bar not realizing i had ptsd that was really really tough I made a lot of mistakes. I was very neglectful. I was super irresponsible. Um, that was that was a really hard hard time. At Small Bar? Mm-hmm. 
um, by I was, myself. Yeah. I was going to ask about that. Uh, did you? Was it awesome to run small bar because you could finally have independence and freedom from this relationship and from this business relationship? It was yours, you yeah. know, to like do whatever you wanted to do. Yeah. Like you had a sick jukebox and like you it know, was fun. The employees were fun. I mean, um, beers, beer list was all, you know, like yeah, everything was. It was your creative outlet for sure. It was super fun to and be creative. And you got to cook and do all yeah. those chef dinners and yep, cheeses, <laughs> <laughs> all that stuff. Right? Yeah. Um, was that such a relief being able to have that independence from? It was, the but then also everything fell on me, and yeah. um, and I felt like. There was a lot of chaos, and I felt like I couldn't control it. And I didn't want to run Small Bar the way he had been running things because he was an angry man, and he'd scream at <laughs> yeah. he'd scream at staff, and you know he'd pull shifts from them, and he'd punish them, and um, you know. So his, his abuse are all around. Oh, totally. Oh, okay. um, so his his manipulative ways were, you know, I didn't want to be that anymore. So it's like when I took Small Bar over, I wanted to be that cool. Boss, hey, you know, and, and I had been I'd been a pretty firm boss before, um, and then I just kind of slunk into like whatever, like don't worry about that, like you don't have to do that anymore, and and it was to my detriment in many areas. It became the irresponsible part, like yeah, it's hard to catch up from yeah being too cool. Well, and the, yeah, and then we had a few issues, like we lost our patio for a little while due to some really oh, yeah, stupid permitting issues yeah. um, that were before us, like mm-hmm. even before Small yeah. was there. Yeah. And um, that was frustrating, and so I know that, you know, staff was losing money out of their pocket because we didn't have the same capacity that we'd had, and I think that um, there was a little bit of, um, you know, ceiling um, happening where you, you want to get a bigger tip, so, you know, the first couple drinks around the house deal, and I didn't know what to do, you know, because I had I had curated this culture now that you guys are autonomous and you can do whatever you want. So then for me to come in and micromanage was a little bit, was hard. Oh, yeah. You know, I, there were some people who would get pissed off after that. Yeah. And, and it had, was hard. You had veterans and stuff working there. Yeah. Like, and I uh, didn't, I didn't really know. I mean, know, industry veterans. I don't know about I didn't know how to go backwards. You yeah. Know? Because totally. I had been in, I had been in control so firm before. And, but then I wanted to be this like cool aunt, you know, <laughs> cool balance. mom, What's you know, balance? and yeah. that was, that was hard. Yeah, I definitely made a lot of mistakes, but um, I learned. <laughs> I learned real quick. Are mistakes different than regrets, Karen? Mm-hmm. Okay. Definitely. Do tell. Do tell. Um, I don't regret anything I did there because I worked my ass off. And yep. I always made the best decision that I thought I was making. Um, I think a regret would be more, I don't know, I chose not to do something. And I always made a decision. Hmm. And I just tried to do my best. And... You know, you can't regret your failures if you're just always trying. Oh, okay. All right, everybody. See you later. Yeah. Well, it's true. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, you're you right. got to pick yourself you're back right. up and try again. Yeah. Oh, is there another... You regret not getting up. Is there a, another venue in the future or like a small bar kind of thing? Or? You know, I think... In, you I know, know you never stop doing stuff, but I'd are like, you I know. I'm another, a hustler. Are you looking like, at another spot? I have like three things going on right yeah. now. Um, I really would like to own a restaurant again someday. Mm-hmm. And I there's a couple people um, in the industry that we've always talked about doing a restaurant together. So I could see us doing that in maybe a year or two. Oh, cool. I'd like to see this pandemic finish and then and then um, be prepared for the next one. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> because, don't, don't even say it. Oh, oh my I, gosh. I fully believe that there's going to be another one in our lifetime. Yeah. So um, the way I will look at a business is going to be completely different than I used to. You know, that dark, divey place, no. <laughs> like, if this happens again, you can't fit people in there. You, know? you want like, something like your backyard? No, or? I want out. Yeah. yeah it'll be what? here. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Ooh. Um... Yeah, so I'd like to wait, but also I don't think I want to go back into bars. Um, there was a part of me, you know, during 
learning about my PTSD and all the things and, you know, falling into the bottle a little mm-hmm. bit, um, I, that I just felt like I'd stare at my customers sometimes and I would think, you know, like, I don't want to get people drunk anymore. I don't want to be responsible for okay. why they're drinking and why they're numbing themselves mm. because I was doing it and I just, it started to feel really unhealthy and yeah. I lo- trust me, I love bars. I still go to bars, yeah. but, um, I don't think I want to run that type of business again. Right. Like even as far as like basing it on alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. in a lot of my marketing, you know, probably in the past five years has been way more pushing food than it has been yeah. pushing well, alcohol. Cause you're a good cook too. So like, but it just felt healthier. It felt healthier to have people come in and get lunch and have a drink than to say, come get messed up, you know? Oh, yeah. That's true. It, and it, I don't feel like Small World was that kind of, like, place where it's, like, you know, cheap tall boys and, like, you know, the di- I don't think it was that divey. I did gimmicks. It like, was, like, a divey punky sometimes at the right times. But it was still, like, I mean, you had high-end whiskeys and... We did. Even Anchor, Anchor's Distillery is not... That's not low-end stuff. No, you know? it's not. Um... I mean, I could get no, but cheaper beer if I want. Still, but I'm saying, like, there's yeah. places for that. There's places for that. Yeah. There's places where you want to go and get a little bit faded, you know? Yeah. I don't go to Small Board to get faded, I just, I had know? a hard time, you know? Like, I went for, it was, like I said, punk rock on the jukebox and great beer selection and, and you, and then fried pickles. Yes. And, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I just, you know, fell into this thing where I just always, well, I am this way in general. Like, I always want to make everybody happy, and so I try to do too much. I always have too much going Oh, on. that part. Are you, a, are you the pleaser? Are you like, is yeah. that your type? Okay. I'm a fixer and a pleaser. Fixer and a pleaser? That's yeah. a, I think that's an Enneagram too. I don't remember, but I don't know. Yeah. If you know any of that stuff. Um, I don't. But. I don't. But, but the pleaser type is across a lot of different e, ENTJ, those kind of things. Um, but I mean, I guess, is, do you think that has anything to do with how you like realized your relationship with trauma and got out of the trauma? Cause you're like, I don't, I there's no pleasing this guy. I, I, yeah. I can't do, like, when you realize yourself, like, I am, he is this way, I'm not, he's never going to change, peace. I just thought, this can't be love. If you're treating me like this, oh, right, you're yeah. hurting me For so sure. constantly all the time, like, there ha- it has to be better, you know? Like, I've been in other relationships, and I've felt loved, and I've never felt like such a piece of shit. Oh, when, man. when I'm doing so much. Yeah. Like, I'm doing so much for our, you know, our relationship. We wanted to have kids. Um... And it was just like, I can't bring kids into this. Right, right. You know, I just can't. I'm, I'm smarter than this, you know. And yeah. not to say that someone who had kids and abused marriage is stupid, but, like, um, I've always been pretty self-aware. And I, even if I choose not to listen to that voice, <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I'm still, it's still back there, you know. Yeah. Dang. Which voices in our head do we listen to? Them? I know. You know, like, wow. Um, extra cheese. Extra cheese. <laughs> always extra cheese. Extra guac. Are you, um, are you, I know you're doing some... Are you, were you doing consulting with a seafood company? Did I see that? Um, yes. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a program called Fishful Future. It's a Fishful, grant, that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, it's a grant-funded program um, with NOAA, the National Oceanic Atmospheric Association. Um, and uh, <laughs> I like that. Ding! Um, and uh, we're basically working on programs to educate people on the use of whole fish and sustainability fishing. Okay, nice. And, um, I mean, using everything from, everything. like, bones and skin um, into jewelry or plates. Um, oh, the okay. skin in, can be made into leather. So not just food? No, not okay. just food. Like, if you're going to use an animal, use the whole thing. And so we were focusing on tuna and opa and um, species that are sustainable. Sustainable, especially to this area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and with an emphasis on, on local, like supporting oh, local. Oh, is it a San Diego association? Is that what it is? No, oh. um, no. We were actually supposed to work with um, Josh Nyland, who's mm. in um, That's Florida, Wales. Right? No, Wales? Oh. yeah, um, he's an amazing chef, 
Um, but that didn't work out because pandemic hit and um, it was just too hard to communicate that yeah. far away. Yeah. And he's busy. He's on this like second book or something. He's, is this something Tommy started? No, um, no, it's, um, it is through Catalina Offshore, but it is with Noah. Okay. Um, that's, that's who got the grant. Cool. Yeah. And then are you, you're their chef? There's actually a few of us on there. Okay. Yeah. So I've tried to focus more on like, um, I've done like dog treats or I've, mm. I've been more casual. Like there's like Davin Waits on there. Like, um, they're doing fancier uses where I'm intimidated with some of the things <laughs> they do. Like I'm just not that good. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm doing more approachable, you know, for the home cook or, um, how to get more seafood into your, your kids diet. I think that's smart though. Like it's not, cause not everyone, not every home cook's going to want to roll sushi or make no. fish collar or yeah. like, you know, like, it's but the science have, of it is really cool too. Totally, but it's smart to have accessibility. I think for even for high end chefs to teach people, and I think that's why, for one reason, why PBS and Food Network got so popular in that is because the home cook. Yep. Yep. And Master Chef is well, all home cooks. You, you know, like even if you can't do what they're doing at the same skill level, you're still inspired to try something yeah. similar, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what inspired me. Did you ever go on any of those TV shows? Um, no, I interviewed for. Uh, was it Chopped? Probably, I interviewed for one of them. Probably one Chopped, time. yeah. Um, that's the, the fun one with like, they got you're on a seesaw making like... No, that's Cutthroat Kitchen. Oh, Cutthroat. Yeah, Cut, that's right. that one looked yeah. really fun. Yeah. I would totally do that That's one. like a Nickelodeon kind of show. Yeah, like, like now you have to cook with children's tools. Uh-huh. Like, okay, and garden <laughs> tools. Um, I would totally be into that. But yeah. no, I'm just, I just don't take it that seriously. Yeah. I, I, I think, would look like an Well, idiot. that's what I was going to say. I think that's I'm like, the, I'm making tacos. <laughs> Totally. And, it, and next thing you know, you win because it's tacos. Maybe, right? yeah. Um, no, that's what's fun about the small bar kitchen and menu or the events that you did with food is that's, that's whimsy. The whimsy. I it. love to have fun with that. Yeah, yeah. my beer dinners always um, were like paired with music or something. Totally. Uh, and I would let the brewer. That's the whole point of the I would podcast. let the brewer choose it. Yeah. yeah it was super because, fun. Because um, that's what I mean with food and music. Me being both, doing having done both, but like I make soundtracks from my beer dinners and like or you do a whole dinner based on one musician, like yep. you did the Bowie one, yep. um, stuff like that. Because I had a lot planned, of course, you know, la- during the shutdown stuff. But I think it, for me, I mean, it makes sense because I can't necessarily go to all the concerts I want to go to, but I can definitely put the music at the, my food events, you know? Yeah, they're super um, fun. And, and or some of the concerts in town would be so much better if there was like food there. Like, you know, yeah, I wish sometimes I, I wish Casbah had a food, you know, thing inside of here. If Lefty's Pizza could just open in Casbah or whatever. You I know. know. Totally. Um, right. Stuff like That'd that. Be That'd be like, Oh, I'd be there every night, you know, but no, I want to, I need to go get food. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, but yeah. What, is there anything going into like the small bar location that you know? For um, the building got sold, mm-hmm. and um, I know they're remodeling the whole thing. So, oh, so um, they actually are doing what my dream was was to demo the whole back area and put in um, a second bar back there. So I, oh. I do know that they've demoed all that and they're in the works for that. Okay, which I think is, it, I think that's what that neighborhood needs. One of the issues that I had with small bar, you mean was, as far as outdoor? Mm-hmm. One of the issues that I had with small bar was that um, uh, I could only fit so many people on property. And as like inflation and things went up, like minimum wage, I mean, I want to say when we opened small bar, minimum wage was like eight seventy five or so, something. Yeah, definitely. And then was and it, I, and I had before? a really hard time raising my prices. So, yeah, yeah. you know, cause I wanted to be this approachable business. Mm-hmm. So when you jump from eight seventy five to $14 an hour, that's a, that's a big difference. Totally. You know, that's a big, that's a big, uh, cut on the top and bottom line. Yeah. So, you know, I could only fit so many people in that location mm-hmm. and it's small. It's <laughs> hence the name. Yes. It so works. Works. I had always wanted to build out that back area and I just could never pull the funds up between oh. floors. My floor fell apart a couple times and I had to redo the bar and there were just all these other issues yeah. you know, that I had to take care of first. 
What was it before Small Bar? Was it Lay Lounge? It was, um, no, that was next door. That's oh. where Madison is. Oh, that's Madison. Um, okay. It was called Bistro de Asia. It was, a, um, it was actually my landlord's restaurant. Got it. It was an Asian fusion kind of sushi place. They're open somewhere else though, right? In Coronado. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yep. Bistro de Asia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fun. Okay. Um, and there's still the landlord there? They, at the... No, he sold the building. Got it. Yep. Okay. Wow. I, I just know that you're going to have, like, something next big, like, some secret that you're not... As she's rubbing her hands together, like... Mm-hmm. I hope so, but, I mean, I don't have any plans But you're taking right your now. time. That's good. I'm like, absolutely I know you're always, you're always hustling. You're always doing something. You know, there's yeah. probably going to be, like, pop-ups out here. Wink. And, um... <laughs> I, you know, I thought about that. I thought about I love. I've done a bunch here. of backyard stuff. It's, like, people like it. Like, you... I mean, I set up a record player outside and let people choose. Like, it's just... Any, you can make anything work. Like, I feel like I can you know? totally do something back here. And we know all the same kind of, like, chefs in town and stuff like that. Like, yeah. There's a lot of nature happening. What is your... What is your favorite, like, you know, place or drink in town? Like, whatever. Like, you know, there's so many. But if you could narrow down a couple. Um, you know, beer or cocktail or mocktail. Those are hot right now. Um, um I feel like I don't go out anywhere anymore. Well, even if, or just um, knowing can, in cans or whatever, you know, like... Well, I would say my favorite brewery probably in town is Burgeon. They're making really clean, bright beers. Um, plug for Caesar. I was going to say, he's not here. This is not a, he's not is, rubbing my yeah. back right now or anything. No, gross. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, he might be if he was here. He probably would be, actually. <laughs> Hi, Caesar. He'd be rubbing mine after saying that. Yellow. Um, but, but I No, think seriously, they're good. They're just making bright, yeah. delicious beers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're consistent and... Um, the staff I, is fun. <laughs> yeah. I just think they're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. They're growing at a healthy pace as opposed to try and take over the world, which I think too many breweries, you know, since Ballast Point sold out years ago, there's too many breweries that tried to like, I can be big, I can, you know, be this thing. And they're growing at a very healthy rate. It, um, it, that's what I, I wasn't, I, that's what I forgot to ask you. What's the goal as a business owner in say, even in San Diego is like, do you have a limit on how big you can get or? I think that just depends on your drive and like, your investors. Cause at one, and, like, some nights I couldn't get into small bar. Especially Monday nights. You should have come on a Tuesday when we needed the money. Fried, chick- <laughs> fried chicken nights. I ordered out a lot during that time, but like, uh, like, like, is there is there a limit to like, before you can sell, say like Ballast Point for example, selling to you know selling whatever like is that the goal when you open a business is like no I don't think you know so. what I mean like, I think it I think it differs on the person yeah. you know um, it's what you want. There's some people that are just content with one little place mm-hmm. and they do it well and they're there all the time. There's other people that do want to take over and franchise and open places all over town. And I think that just depends on the person. Yeah. For sure. You seem content. I am right now. Right now. Because you don't have to worry about myself. (laughs) Yes. Um, No, I I always wanted to open another place. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, I think, you know, more restaurant forward is going to be my next step. That's awesome. Who's making good food right now? Who is making good food? I always, I will always plug Grandel Barbecue. My friend Andy. Hi, Andy. A great job. <laughs> um, uh, Lola Fifty Five has always been consistent downtown. Um, super creative, approachable prices to their tacos and stuff. Um, not definitely not traditional. That's come up a couple times on the show. Yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely not traditional, but they're doing a great job. Some, I mean, it's plays on traditional. I think you know, plays on it. It plays on it, and their technique is is yeah. rustic and, and it awesome. tastes good. It tastes really good. Yeah. No, I yeah, I just think they're doing something cool. Yeah. Especially because of the price point that they're at. Everything is very affordable. Um, who else is cool? Oh, I also wanted to say that I am a sucker for Goof Punch at Valley High. Goof Punch? Yeah, that's I have a not good one. Ha- have I had? Is that their... That's not their Mai Tai, is No, it? I oh. won't drink the Mai Tai. Mai Tai's too strong. Okay, so Goof Punch... Is that the big bowl thing? No. Nope. Okay, I don't think I've had Goof Punch. It's good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> is that the brunch thing? Or is that all no, the time? No, that's all the time. Okay. Yeah. I, um... 
I, I frequent there uh, not very often, but I just go sometimes for my ties and. You can get into trouble there. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, okay, because they're so strong. It's too strong, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, what is, I don't Nature's know. I don't happening know if that was back like here. my hair or like. No, that was like a like little gnat. There's a lot of nature back here. I'm That's learning, good. That's fine. I'm I, learning to coexist with spiders at this house, and it's um, been quite a challenge for me because I am terrified of spiders. I was going to. And I, they are. My, I that mean, was my I'll, next question. You it's see like, all these lizards <laughs> and stuff, right? And butterflies, and like, they're. This, they coexist. This backyard is a jungle, so I'm learning to. Like, we're literally a jumping in a spider in my shower yesterday. Okay, jumping spiders, that's, that's scary. It died. Like, <laughs> like, that wasn't gonna live. But there's been other ones. It I've, died or it was it was killed? <laughs> it was killed. It, it, it Murder. Ended, yeah, it ended its life. Um, uh, but I've seen like black widows back here, and I'm like, oh, okay, black, yeah, the black just, widows, that's no fun. You're just gonna live well, there. black widows, and I'm always it. doing this. I'm always looking up and like looking around. You should like, be. Is something gonna drop on Dangling my head? Dangling over your head or something like that? Yeah. Like, yeah. Once once black widows sense that you're like more like living in the area, they they kind of leave you know they, so. they're in places where there's no action basically yeah so. they go under the eaves in here so i just try to keep lights on or whatever lights on Move, or, movement let me, let me see. hitting the walls and what stuff. we we touched on all your we touched on a bunch of cool you know things about your life and also dark places you know sounds like you i mean you look happy right now i'm you know? happy yeah you, yeah. Can, you can usually see it in people's yeah. demeanor and stuff like that Do you, what's i your, feel like i look different there's some years in That's between saying, there like, where I just see. was, you could see how tired I was. Yeah. I wasn't taking care of myself. And now I'm like, I feel way better. Good. That's yeah. good. So you, would you say you're at a good place? I would say I'm getting there. Okay. I'm, I'm the best version of myself in, in the last good. six years. <laughs> in the last six years? Yeah. Okay, good. That's good. Yeah. What's your, are you, what's your biggest fear? Uh, my biggest fear is... Uh, my Not depression, spiders. my depression taking over and Take, me, okay. and me failing at anything I attempt to do. <laughs> mm. I'm a, I'm a total self-sabotager. So, oh, okay. um, yeah. So Which I, is crazy cause you like accomplish things. I'm glad it looks like that, but no, I, I mean like you're, you did small bar and you're doing, I mean, you've been, I just, I feel like you, you are like one of those boss ladies that's like just does whatever she I'm wants to do. I'm always working really hard. But, yeah. Like I, I have three different businesses going on right yeah. now. Or at least startup. Like I'm trying to get going. Totally. And um, the, I have to remind myself that like those take time. Yeah. And they do take trial and error to perfect. And um, they are at their beginnings. And there's going to be some missteps. And it sounds like you're allowing yourself some grace to, to mess up a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's okay. You have to. It's okay, right? Yeah. So, uh, it's okay to... To make mistakes, I think, as long as... It depends on the attitude, I think. Some people are like, I don't make mistakes. And then when they make a mistake, they're like, I didn't do that. Or, what, you know. Yeah. It's you know totally I mean. okay uh, to make mistakes. Yeah, yeah. You just have to learn from them. Don't make them again. <laughs> yeah, and if you exactly. do, you know, then maybe rethink, is this what you want to be doing with your life if you can't yeah. do it? So you had a pretty good jukebox at Small Bar. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, your, what's your favorite concert that you've been to? Ooh, that's a great question. Ooh. Um, we bring it here. I would probably, oh man, I'd probably have to say um, maybe Ryan Adams at Red Rocks. Wow. That was a pretty good one. Um, That's a great venue for that. But actually. Was was this pre-Me Too? Yeah, (laughs) it was pre-Me Too. Okay. Um, But actually, I will take it back because he was also at this other show. Um, I know you're you're a huge fan of Ryan Adams. Have you ever been to the Largo in LA? No. It's in West Hollywood and it's like a, um, it's a tiny little, like almost like theater, like Conan O'Brien was doing his shows from Largo. Oh. Like during the pandemic. Okay. Um, it's this tiny little theater. They probably seat maybe a hundred, maybe 200 people in it. It's tiny. 
And it's got saw Ryan Adams detached bar. Hang on. Oh. So Judd Apatow did this benefit for when we all vote to uh, raise money uh, for, you know, you know, spreading the word and getting people signed up for voting, registered for voting. And um, it wasn't announced who would be performing. It was all surprise guests. So you just bought the ticket. And then um, this venue, you don't get to choose your seat. You have to get in line at 5 p.m. And they give you your seats based on what order you're in line. Uh-huh. So if you get there at 2 o'clock, you're seat number one, okay. basically. So um, my friend and I went. We waited in line. We got, like, second row. It was rad. And then they started announcing people. And Ryan Adams was one of them. And I'm telling you, like, he was... As, he's, like, where the tree was to me. Yeah. Like, he's super close. Like, what is that? 20 feet? I don't know. I'm bad at that. Um, I always say... <laughs> I speak in meters. He was, like, four Karens. <laughs> I always say, like... I always use my body oh, yeah, as, like, yeah. a unit of measurement. He was, like, four Karens, four Karens, four away. Karens away from me. Okay. Um, but then um, the one that got me was Lindsey Buckingham. On he the same bill? Yeah. Cool. He came out and played, and, like, that was... That's cool. Pretty rad. Yeah. Like, that was pretty rad. To just be that up close, and, um, yeah, that was pretty rad. So I, I'd probably say that one. Because it was awesome. it was a lot of people. It was Did Ryan your parents Adams. teach you that? Did your no. parents yeah, instill like Lindsey Buckingham to you? No. They... No. I don't remember... Any sort of music influence for my parents. Oh, like zero. Zero. Oh, just just deer hunting and sta- yeah. station wagoning and okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, camping, mm-hmm. camping for my parents. Um, maybe some cooking. Um, uh, just being a good person. I would say I would get from like their values. Yeah. Can you it, give me a nugget of wisdom from them as as your as our closing thoughts? Give me a. Oh, boy. Or, or in life. It doesn't have to be from your parents, but... Be honest. Get, that's it. Two two words. Done, be two and done. Yeah. Be honest. Yeah. I have, a sh- I have a poster in my studio at home that shows up on all my Zooms. It's all lies matter. That's, um, that's interesting. I got a piece of art from Joe from Wow Wow Waffle, mm-hmm. or Atypical now. Um, uh, yeah, it was a piece of work on the New York magazine um but they did a big art piece on it in the, in the i think in the moma out there but i was like whoa that hit me really hard because <laughs> it was after you know after all the black lives matter stuff was happening with george floyd and then people were starting saying all lives matter and then he put up this big piece that said all lives matter i was like holy ugh. yeah gosh that's so good it's i mean true. It, it it worked it hit me really hard um just because like I've told some whoppers, I've told some small eyes, and it's like, now that I have kids, it's like, I want to be as above board as possible. Yeah. But like, so, well, you, and I think you say you be honest, it's like, how honest can you be with people before they start to, I like, when I get tired, I get more honest, as it was what I like to say. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to be really honest with you right now, I, you know, blah, blah, blah or whatever. It's well, like, I think the first step is being honest with yourself. Totally. You know? If you can't be honest with yourself, and it's then like, it's just... easier, <laughs> and then it's a little bit easier to, yeah. you know, know who you want to have in your life. And if there's people in your life that you can't be honest with, maybe you shouldn't be in your life. That's pretty honest. You heard it here on Food and Music is Life, yes, with Karen Barnett. Thank you. Karen Small Barnett. Yep. Yeah? Is that gonna be is that gonna go down in history as your your nickname? Are you gonna get tattooed? Yeah. I'm not getting a tattoo. Well Yeah. Thank you. You feeling good? Yeah. Yeah. Well, friends, thus endeth another episode of the family cast food and music is life yes and as you can see my friend karen knows a lot about food and music being life yes talked about some serious stuff it's true but karen is all the wiser and stronger from going through what she went through and without saying any names um 
she she has always been res- respectably speaking about her situations, her her experiences, and her journey moving forward through all of her, all of her traumatic relationship drama and such. But it's real when you, when people tell you that they've been through stuff, believe them and go alongside them. Don't say, "Oh, you'll get over it" or anything like that. Obviously, that's not a good thing to say to somebody. So, um, if there, if you have any questions about that kind of thing, please reach out to Karen or myself. I'm not volunteering Karen to, you know, for you to reach out to her, but she seems like she'd be a good listener to people's problems, trauma, you know, anything that they're dealing with in that regard, PTSD, abusive relationships, anything related to that matter. I think I'm not speaking for her, but I will say for myself that I grew up in an abusive household and here I am today able just barely able to talk about it you know I don't I don't really have all the answers but I know what I know about my own experiences in my own family and I'd be willing to share that and walk alongside you in that journey as well because we all have our own experiences we all have our own journeys and different things that come up in our lives and some of the things we can't control but we can control ourselves, the way we respond, the way we respond to other people, and the way we respond to the things in our lives that are that are seemingly speed bumps or walls or open doors or closed doors or anything like that. So I don't know. I'm still learning this. I'm not a young man anymore, but I'm still learning these things every day because I have to teach these things to my kids too. How do we get through these these mental blocks? How do we get through these things that are eating at us every day, whether that's, whether it's PTSD, physical trauma, spiritual trauma, spiritual abuse, physical abuse, anything like that. How do we put ourselves in other people's shoes and help them when they're trying to go through this, when they're trying to make it through this, um, make it through this world alive, make it through this world as a better person. It's hard. It's easy. It's easy to just give up. And I don't want that to happen to anybody I don't want that to happen to anyone in my family. I don't want that to happen to my friends or even myself. I don't want to give up. It's easy to give up and I don't want to give up. So, um, we have hope. We have hope you guys. So please reach out, please reach out to somebody. I'm going to put some links in the show notes for all this kind of stuff to, um, you know, resources for mental health awareness, mental help, um, therapy, all these different kinds of things. I did put it on another episode that I did, I did with Chef Letty. I put a bunch of links in her episode as well regarding some things that she was talking about. Um, I don't know. I don't have much more to say. Just that, yeah, the, the usual. Please follow us online, Instagram at the family cast, patreon.com forward slash family cast and Essex Coffee Roasters, Liquid Death, all the, those kind of things. Use code FAMCAST at checkout to get some goodies, discounts, and all that. But um, yeah, I'm going to play a song at the end. Uh, it's uh, Birthday Boy by Ween. And they just mention, they mentioned Karen in there. I, I went through a bunch of music that I have and scoured lyrics and everything like that to find Karen songs. I didn't want to be too lovey-dovey and all that kind of stuff because a lot of songs that mention Karen are either, you know, can have negative connotations because of the new, the new, uh, you know, 2019, 2020 Karen memes and all that kind of stuff, unfortunately. But there's also a lot of good songs that mention Karen in there too. So we're going to play Ween at the end of this, Birthday Boy. 
And I'm going to say peace out for now. I got some other fun stuff in the works and I'll be on some other podcasts coming up soon as a guest. So be on the lookout for that, my friends. Until then, I bid you a fond farewell. Stay safe out there. Wash your hands. We're almost through this, whether there's going to be another pandemic or not. Who knows? We could make the world a better place if we all want to, probably. But I don't know. I'll talk to you soon, everybody. Be good. Be good to one another. I implore you. If you have any problems, you can leave a voicemail on this podcast as well. So this is uh, this is Josh signing off for now. Until then, ciao, ciao. Don't